You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insight from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Jenna Dagenhart, and today's special guest, Andrew Murphy, Co-Chief Investment Officer at Winthrop Wealth. start by giving us some background on Winthrop. I know you work for about 500 families. First of all, Jenna, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Great to be here. So yeah, Winthrop Wealth, uh, our founders, Earl and Mark Winthrop, uh, entered the industry in 1985. And previous to that, they were CPAs. So they really come at things from a tax background uh, and perspective. Uh, And then we were able to set up the RIA in 2017. Uh, And since then, the firm has really invested heavily Uh, in creating continuity and a scalable platform. So since that time, we've tripled the size of the team. Uh, We've created centralized expertise in departments of investment management, financial planning, operations, technology, and relationship management. Um, And that really allows us to utilize more of a case style approach where each client has a lead advisor but multiple members of the team are able to work with each client. So we can all bring our unique areas of of expertise. Um, And really that allows our advisors to focus directly on the client. So our advisors are not uh, jack of all trades. They don't wear multiple hats. They focus directly on the client. Uh, And other members of the firm uh, can really specialize in areas that they're passionate about and in the areas um, that they know best. And there are so many different registered investment advisors out there. Andrew, what's your edge? Sure. So I think our edge is really pairing comprehensive financial planning with investment management. So really cutting edge financial planning, tax minimization strategies, estate planning, and then pairing that with a diversified, actively managed investment portfolio that's customized for each client. Uh, So that's one. And and second, of course, is the people. Uh, We have an extremely talented team, highly credentialed, uh, who really fit the culture of the firm and and work tirelessly to help our clients. Uh, And really all of that um, is supported by a best-in-class technology platform. So we are an independent firm, uh, so we are able to pick and choose our technology providers. Uh, And as such, we have invested a lot of time and resources into building out a very strong platform for both our employees and for our clients. So on the investment data side, uh, we use Bloomberg uh, for portfolio reporting. We use Adapar uh, financial planning, e-money, and client relationships, Salesforce. Um, And all of those technology platforms, technology providers really allow our advisors to be more efficient, uh, better serve our clients and really have deeper relationships. Uh, and, and really putting all that together, uh, we believe we're primed for growth. Uh, we've been adding a lot of new clients. We are accepting new clients. Uh, and over the last year, we did add an affiliate uh, advisor who now spends his time in Connecticut and Arizona. So for us, it's, it's all about quality growth, being able to add new clients, being able to add uh, new advisors, uh, but making sure that that both fit the culture of the firm. And just a few years after you were founded in 2019, unfortunately, you suffered an office fire. How did that help you to prepare for the pandemic? And how did you navigate those waters as such a new firm? It was was interesting, to say the least. So, yeah, in in June of of 2019, there was a fire at our office in, in downtown Boston, Um, And luckily, the fire occurred early in the morning, so nobody was in the building, nobody got hurt. 
Um, the firefighters did a, a really excellent job really in, in saving the building. Um, but unfortunately, all of our computers, our technology, all of the office furniture were destroyed. Um, and actually, interestingly, we, we posted sort of the aftermath uh, a video of, of the office on LinkedIn that got over 100,000 views. So went viral uh, for a little bit there. Um, but we were, we were again lucky that we had already invested a lot into technology. So we had no physical files. Uh, all of our data was stored in the cloud. Uh, so while the fire occurred Friday morning, we were up and running at our new office uh, in the financial district in Boston on Monday morning. Uh, and we were able to work out of our laptops. Uh, we switched to mostly virtual meetings. Um, so really, we didn't skip a beat uh, over that period. Meanwhile, it was still pre-pandemic in the rest of the world, uh, pivoting now to 2020 when everything went into lockdown. How did you go about conducting business and helping your clients during the pandemic? Yeah, uh, certainly no way to prepare for a pandemic, uh, but we had already lived through a, a significant business disruption. So we were used to working off our laptops, uh, being collaborative in more of a virtual environment. Uh, we were used uh, and our clients were used somewhat to having virtual meetings. So again, we were able to really hit the ground running in the early days of the pandemic. So we proactively called clients uh, we put out a lot of investment content on the environment, what's going on. Uh, we put out a video on navigating volatile markets. Um, and from a portfolio management perspective, we were aggressively tax loss harvesting and trying to improve portfolios. So another example of how having a centralized platform uh, and building out an efficient platform uh, really, really was incredibly useful because without that, we wouldn't have been able to accomplish some of the things we were during the pandemic. And um, you know, after sort of things calmed down, once markets rebounded, uh, it was great to hear from clients that some of the things we were doing during those times were incredibly valuable. Uh, and we heard from a lot of our clients that the tax loss harvesting, being proactive, uh, reaching out directly gave them, gave them a lot of comfort uh, in that environment. So that was great to hear. Uh, and if we think, you know, as, as advisors, it's, it's easy, you know, when the markets are going up, uh, if markets only went up, there really wouldn't be any need for, for advisors or portfolio managers or consultants. Uh, it's really when things get challenging, when markets are volatile, uh, when the environment is changing because of new tax rules or new regulations. Uh, so by having a, a better understanding of our clients, understanding their financial plans, their investment portfolios, I think that's when we can really make a difference. Uh, and at, at Winthrop Wealth, our, our tagline is with you for life. Uh, for many of our clients, we're working with the third generation, in some instances, the fourth generation. Uh, so we want to make sure that we're really there for all of our clients' life events. So if a client takes a new job, uh, is thinking about starting a business, is thinking about selling a business, uh, is, is starting a family, is thinking about moving, we want to make sure we're one of the first calls. Um, and I think those are really the areas where we can have the greatest impact uh, and provide the greatest benefit for our clients. Yeah, and speaking of client communication, you do something called the client question of the month. I think that's really neat. And, and how do you go about sifting through all the different client concerns and questions that you get and putting them into that market commentary? Absolutely. So, I mean, all day long, our, our advisors are out there talking to clients. They're meeting with clients. I'm out talking to clients. So the client question of the month was really developed as a way for us to respond to some of the most common questions uh, that we're hearing. And I think it's a great way for us to get our thoughts out there, 
uh, and let our clients know that really we're on top of these various issues. So some of the recent ones we've done have been on things like investor principles, uh, you know, maintaining a long-term investment viewpoint, why market timing doesn't work and having the data and the charts to back all that up. Uh, we've done primers on various topics. So uh, the Fed and why the Fed is important and why the Fed is so important to the financial markets. Uh, the federal debt, of course, is something we get a lot of questions on. Uh, we put out uh, ones on tax loss harvesting, how that works, why it's beneficial, uh, why interest rates impact stock prices. Uh, and we've also done more timely pieces like on, uh, we wrote one about GameStop. Uh, we wrote several on the elections. Uh, and our most recent one was on, uh, on inflation. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up inflation, Andrew, because it seems like just speaking from my personal experiences lately, I can't get through an interview or a panel without inflation coming up. What do clients want to know about inflation and what are you telling them? So, I, of course, a lot of concerns, uh, as you mentioned, about inflation. Uh, so our client question really addressed, first, how is inflation measured? Uh, why does the Fed even care about inflation? Why do they target uh, a 2% average inflation level? Uh, why have inflation readings increased uh, recently? And then how does inflation impact various asset classes? So if we look at uh, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the core personal consumption expenditure index, or the core PCE, uh, so that is excluding food and energy prices, uh, the core PCE reading for May just came in at 3.4% measured on a year-over-year -year basis. And that was the highest level uh, or the highest reading since 1992. Um, and partially that's really due to how inflation is measured and due to the base effects of comparing May of 2021 to May of 2020. So you're comparing the current environment to really the start of the pandemic. Uh, and we know the start of the pandemic was more of a deflationary type environment. So we always expected current readings uh, in the current period to be higher uh, than, than certainly recent averages. Uh, and really the way the, the Fed is going about this um, is they're basically viewing inflation as transitory. So at the latest FOMC meeting, Fed Chair Powell said that while inflation has come in a little bit higher than anticipated, uh, the categories that have increased the most are the ones directly affected by the reopening of the economy. So the latest FOMC summary of economic projections have inflation ending the year slightly above 3% uh, before settling back down to about 2% toward the end of 2022. Uh, so the Fed is in that transitory or the, the temporary camp, uh, and we really agree. Um, and that's mainly due to the deflationary forces of technological innovation, aging demographics, and globalization. Finally, I think we have time for one more question, and I want to follow up on some of your previous comments about inflation. How do various asset classes perform in an inflationary environment? Sure. So we looked at performance of cash, uh, bonds or fixed income, and, and stocks. So we know that, first of all, bonds and cash do not perform well uh, in inflationary environments. Uh, when it comes to cash, purchasing power is eroded by inflation. So inflation is really the most destructive uh, for, for cash. So we hold very low levels of cash uh, in portfolios. Um, and second, with bonds, we know inflation uh, does erode the purchasing power of interest and principal payments, uh, and especially so when you're dealing with longer duration bonds. Uh, so again, our portfolios are, are underweight, uh, very long-term bonds. Um, and we looked at stocks, and with stocks, it really depends on different environments. Uh, and historically, stocks have performed well in environments where inflation starts low 
and then rises, uh, which is really the period that we're in right now. Um, and that's because companies can pass on some of their costs to consumers. They can still grow their earnings and they can still grow their cash flows uh, faster than inflation. So for us, uh, tilted toward quality stocks, uh, again, that are able to grow their cash flows, grow their earnings and grow their dividends in, in these periods. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Great to have you with us. Jenna, thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RA. Be sure to visit AssetTV.com, your source for financial news and information, and to check out our other additional episodes of Meet the RA.